Hello, I'm Kristen McDonald, and welcome to Second Vision. How would you like to be able to gain insight into your life and your relationships by learning how to properly interpret your dreams? Lainey Dolphin is the founder of the Dream Interpretation Center in Montreal and a lecturer at Concordia University. Lainey has been studying dreams for over 45 years, and she will tell you that decoding your dreams is a way to solve just about any problem in your life. That is, of course, if you know how to tap into that wonderful resource. Lainey has been a member of the International Association for Dreams since 1997, where she has had the opportunity to lecture in the U.S., Canada, and abroad. Her books are Have a Great Dream, The Overview, Decoding Your Dreams, to discover your full potential, and its companion work title, Have a Great Dream, are on Amazon now. And the dream is a conversation she will tell you with ourselves, and we spend so much of our life asleep uh, that I'm very excited about this interview. So once you discover why you had the dream you had last night and the step-by-step process to decode the dream, you'll understand that dreams have a very deep meaning and that they're not random in nature. Laney's own interest stems from her early experience uh, studying Freudian analysis where the primary tool, which was the primary tool that she used in her study. So I'm very excited about having Lainey with us today because I've been a dreamer from the time I was a little kid in more ways than one. So welcome, Lainey. How are you this morning? Thank you so much for inviting me, Kristen. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, well, it's the Mutual Admiration Club, as I said. It's a topic that's always fascinated me. And um, so, you know, let's begin. Tell us what led you into this fascinating study. Oh, well, what led me into it was very similar to you, actually, because I'm a person that's always had great dream recall since childhood. And so, obviously, I've always been fascinated with the subject. And the thing for me is that I had a major life crisis when I was 21, and I discovered that dream analysis was unbelievable in helping me make lifelong, life-lasting decisions. And that was the first place where I came to understand that the dream is the conversation you're having with yourself concerning a very specific current issue that you are attempting to problem-solve this week. And the great news is that the dreams reveal the solution to the problems, and understanding the language gives you the power, comfort, and flexibility in how you decide to react to a person or a situation. Well, you know, it's so fascinating. I was discussing this with a close friend the other day, and she said, please ask her how she can't remember her dreams. I mean, even when she tries to write them down, she wakes up. And how do you, what do you suggest to someone like that just to start, you know, the the people who don't remember their dreams well? Right. Well, as Freud suggested, the most important element about remembering a dream is intention. And if you have an intention to remember, you put a pen and paper by your bed, and you can even try and imagine yourself reaching for the pen in the morning as you're falling asleep. Try and imagine yourself reaching forward. And another great exercise is to... Uh, Take your watch off and sit in a chair and look at your watch very closely, the face, the second hand as it's moving, 
and then close your eyes and look at the watch in your mind's eye. And then you can do it in the room you're sitting in and look at all the paintings and pictures and furniture and everything all around the room and then close your eyes and walk around the room in your head. And that exercises, that wakes up that uh, possibility you have about moving in and outside the dream, inside, outside. And I very often, um, you know, I'll wake up in the morning and I'll say to myself, where was I? Like, where was I a minute ago? And that's how I get there, by doing that in and out. Open your eyes, close your eyes kind of thing. That'll help so you're all. you're literally visualizing everything around you or trying to visualize what was in the dream? Well, by trying to do the exercise of visualizing what's around you, like literally looking at what's around you and then mm-hmm. closing your eyes and doing it inside your mind's eye, then you are that's the that's the um same facility that you will employ to try and remember a dream. And it gets you in the mood of doing that. That's very interesting because that's a concept. Many of our listeners are, some of our listeners are visually impaired like myself or or totally blind. And that's a very interesting concept because I have learned that I live much of my life that way. People say to me, you know, since I've, I've once in the ocean, I visualize the ocean. When someone says the word ocean, I visualize it. So I, I visualize, even in my, my own living conditions in my apartment, what the couch looks like when I can only see a smidgen of it. Do you know what I mean? So it's, Absolutely. it's very interesting. I guess I'm already good at it. <laughs> right, um, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so for those who can't see, I'm just making that point, um, the listeners today, that they can do the same thing and try to visualize in their mind you know what um what the room looks like so what is the point of entry in the dream you know that that's a very well, important be, place be, to start right Yes, it's the most important place to start. The dream at the first level, I'm not going deep yet. I will in a few minutes. Sure. But at the first level, the dream is always about something that you either thought about yesterday or something that happened to you yesterday. Excuse me. So there is a specific current issue that triggered tonight's dream. And what I do is I use, it's exactly like doing a puzzle, what I'm about to tell you. I have six basic points of entry that you can use to uncover why you had that dream last night. And it's the same thing as doing a puzzle. You try one piece, that piece doesn't fit, so you try another piece. So the first point of entry that's sometimes the easiest is the feelings and it's like a dance you're going inside the dream outside the dream um how did you feel in the dream well um i felt betrayed well what do you think is going on in your life this week what situation has you feeling betrayed and sometimes you can connect the dream with that puzzle piece and if that doesn't work you might try an action point of entry and um and a great example of an action point of entry is the woman who was dreaming that she woke up because she was jumping out of her seat and in the dream the seat was on fire Mm-hmm. And that was the dream of a procrastinator, somebody who was procrastinating a situation, and the dream provided a rehearsal for her through action to get her up and out of the seat. 
and that was like a, a, a the dream sometimes provides a rehearsal in a safe space to try and get you to take action in your waking life and that uh, fire in the seat is a, a great example of that and then now there's symbols that, no yes. no go ahead and then there's symbols and metaphors and that's when that's uh, the symbols and metaphors are all the people places and things in the dream and sometimes you'll get that you know like for example if my uh, daughter dreams about a cat by the way this is why those dream dictionaries they just don't work because the uh, symbols and associations that we have are as unique to each of us as our fingerprint. And so if my daughter, Emma, dreams about cats, she absolutely loves them, but they're not good for her because they make her, she's highly allergic and they make her claustrophobic and they make, give her that closed-in feeling <clears throat> because of the allergy. So she might dream about a cat. If she's going out with a guy who she thinks she's in love with, but he's really not very good for her. Mm-hmm. And for me, cats are aloof and independent, and I'm not sure I'm that comfortable with them because I'm more a dog kind of personality. And yes, so when I, dream, when I dream about cats... Um, different than my daughter, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say to myself, who is it that I'm loving this week that's not really good for me. Instead, I'm going to ask, who in my life this week is behaving in a particularly aloof and independent way, and I'm not really that comfortable with it? <clears throat> or maybe the cat is the solution to my issue. And it's me who needs to be behaving in a more aloof and independent way in whatever current situation triggered the dream. You see what I mean? I do. And I, I think it's very comforting when you um, mention that dream with the, you know, the, uh, the fire under, the, under um, a person's seat, you know, in the dream. Because sometimes yeah. you have these, at least I do, speaking for myself, that I've had these bizarre dreams and I wake up and think, well, no, wait a minute, that couldn't have any connection. That's like horrible. Like I was in a muddy, muddy waters or, um, you know, trying to, uh, you know, when you have a bad dream or just a dream that's discomforting and you say, well, that just couldn't have any, any relevance in my life. But people in the dream, do we know everyone or these people that we sometimes, I mean, many of them we know, but sometimes I'll wake up and I said, well, who is that, you know? Um, are they all right. people that we well, know or people we manufacture? Right, and, and that's, a, that's using a symbol's point of entry. And mm-hmm. I, uh, because of your question, I'm just going to uh, dip a little deeper so you sure. get the, the right backdrop of where I really am coming from. And so when we're born, we come into the world whole. We have a plethora of potential, I call it. We have the ability to be selfish, to be giving, to be shy, to be assertive, to be a hero, a chicken. Maybe you're the comedian in the family. Maybe you're someone who's more serious. And maybe you're a person who initiates with people, and maybe you're always on the receiving end. And so the people that bring us up, they teach us that it's more cool to be one way than another way. And so we become what Frederick Pearls called over-invested in some aspects of our personality and under-invested in other aspects. I call it over-exercised and under-exercised. <clears throat> so, for example, if you were brought up in a home 
with siblings, you probably got the message that it's not okay to be selfish. Because you hear things from your parents like, uh, go, go look after your sister, uh, share your toys with your brother, and your whole existence, anyway, it's all about sharing your parents' attention, and that's the part of you that gets exercised, and those turn into people that you and I know, I mean, not always, but it's typical that someone who grew up with those kind of messages is probably grows up to be a person who has difficulty saying no. You know, mm-hmm. and people, myself included, that I have to think about it because my knee-jerk over-exercised response is to say yes. And then, conversely, if you're brought up as an only child, you don't have to share your toys, you don't have to share your parents' attention, and you become comfortable with that part of yourself. And and if anything, your shadowy side that Jung would have called your shadowy side is more about giving, and you're more comfortable with the taking. And so I know this uh, uh, client whose name is Stephen, and he had a one-picture dream where he's climbing up a very tall ladder, and there's paper, paper everywhere, all on both sides of the ladder, and it's paper is piling up and actually getting in the way of him reaching the top of the ladder. And up at the top is a fellow who he says was his college roommate, who he hadn't seen in about 20 years. Using a symbol's point of entry, I asked him to tell me, what are the first two or three things that come to your mind about that fellow? And what he said was, he was a selfish, take care of me first kind of guy. And the dream was about all the work that was on the dreamer's desk. That's what all the paper is. And the ladder is the corporate ladder that he's trying to climb. And the... the, uh, The the situation that triggered the dream was the day before some friends of his had asked him to go out to a movie, and the dreamer simply doesn't have what it takes to say no. And he doesn't even want to go to a movie. He wants to be at his desk finishing his work. And so because he had the dream and he understood his college roommate being the person to encourage him up the ladder... He understood that he needs to access that aspect of his personality and use it in his current situation. And because he understood that, I mean, you're not going to turn into a selfish, take care of me first kind of person overnight. Change does not happen that quickly, but I'm here to tell you that change is possible. And because he understood the message of the dream, he was able to access that under-exercised part of himself as represented by the, the college roommate. And the next day, he picked up the phone and called his friends, and he said, I'm really sorry, but I'm not going to join you for a movie tonight because I want to be at my desk. I just have too much work to do. So he asserted himself. Right, and so the characters that appear in your dreams, whether you recognize them or you don't, typically the ego, the dreamer takes the part in the dream that you feel the most comfortable with, and you give out all the other parts of the dream to people, places, and things. 
that are all parts of you, <laughs> but it's just that if you're not as connected to that part of yourself, it will appear as your college roommate who knows how to take care of himself first. Very, very interesting. And, and what about these reoccurring dreams? You know, I mean, these are some of the typical questions that people will, will ask and be interested in. Um, you know, people that you dream about over the years over and over again or situations, uh, an anxiety dream over a job that you had right. 20 years ago or not finishing college or whatever whatever it might be. Right, and and um, there's two kinds of recurring dreams. There's the recurring dreams that happen over a lifetime, and there's the recurring dream where maybe you'll say to me, I've had that dream six times in the last two weeks. And so that's a different kind of recurring dream. When you've had the uh, dream six times in the last two weeks, that's the same thing as a nightmare. That is your un- your healthy unconscious responding. It's giving you an overreaction to whatever underreaction you're having in your waking life. So if something is happening in your waking life, and I, I call this part of the discussion, welcome to the human race, because all of us Consciously, we are famous for denying, lying, avoiding, and sweeping. We don't like to look at things, and that's part of the human condition. But your unconscious never lies to you. And so, for example, if somebody hurts your feelings, and you are saying things even out loud and to yourself supposedly, oh, you know what, she didn't hurt my feelings, I know she's got problems in her life right now, I didn't take it personally, and you push the thing away and don't acknowledge the way it really made you feel. And so that's a typical underreaction, and then you'll have a dream repeat itself, or you'll have a nightmare, and because we are self-regulating organisms, the repetition that happens over a short period of time, and, and similarly a nightmare too, it creates a balance, first of all, and it also succeeds in grabbing your attention, because it wants you to talk about the way you really felt, and that's how it gets in touch with you. And just to finish, if it's a recurring theme that happens over a lifetime, that's different. That's what I call a favorite expression. So if my favorite expression is, oh, darn it, which it's not, but I'm on a podcast, so I'll be polite. I could have said, oh, darn it, when I was 16 years old because I missed the bus. And I could have said, oh, darn it, uh, you know, four months ago because I walked by my desk and papers fell all over the place. And I could have said, um, oh, darn it, this morning because I, I wasn't sure of the phone number that I had to call. So I'm still saying, oh, darn it, oh, darn it, oh, darn it, but it's over a period of years. But it's still using the same expression. And so recurring dreams that happen over a period of years and years, they mean something to you. And once you can break down and deconstruct what is it that you are saying to yourself with those pictures, usually the image disappears and then you never see it again. So you just have to be aware of it and recognize and resolve that issue with that old friend or that boss or whomever it is, your um, well, no, husband no, or whoever is coming to you in your dream. 
Yeah, but that's a good example because your unconscious is this incredible database holding every single memory and association that you've ever had since you're born. And mm-hmm. the database or filing cabinet is as unique to each of us as a fingerprint. And so if I have an argument with Andy, my husband, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I want to say something to myself about him tonight, my filing cabinet will open up and every single boyfriend that I ever had in my whole life, they're all there and they are all interchangeable. And so I'm going to choose, my unconscious is going to choose a boyfriend who made me feel exactly the same way as Andy made me feel yesterday. Uh, so the dream yeah. is about Andy, but I'm choosing another boyfriend yes. who made me feel a similar way. Yes, 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 very, very... Um, so I'm not right resolving... Yeah, and I'm not resolving the situation that happened with that boyfriend years ago, but it does link me to how I'm feeling today, and it gives me an opportunity to speak up to Andy, you know, you know, with all the other um, elements in the dream. I might be asking myself about who are the other people in the dream, what kind of personality traits do they have, maybe it's the plot. Um, or maybe it's play on words and puns, like the woman who said there were snakes all over the floor. I couldn't put my foot down. And I said to her, why? Who are you trouble putting your foot down with? And it was yeah. So sometimes it's much more simple than we think, and it's, and it's not as... Uh... Now, what about dreams that are prompted by, let's say, I, I use this sleep spray from Whole Foods sometimes, a homeopathic... Um, yeah, it's homeopathic. I forgot the name of it, but I find that, and my girlfriend says when she uses lavender, she has very vivid and crazy dreams sometimes. Are they just as valid as just going to sleep, you know, without anything that... Absolutely. Oh, okay. yeah, you're still, you're still problem-solving, and dreaming is just thinking, like, allow me mm-hmm. to take the mystery away. And there's no difference between the way you think during the day and the way you think at night. The only difference is during the day we're distracted because the phone is ringing, and I have to go email this person, and I have to do this, and you don't, you know, you, you're distracted, but at night the distractions disappear, and you actually get to see what you're thinking. That's all it is. Interesting. How about when we were visited? You know, I've, I've lost both parents now, just unfortunately, my, my beautiful mom, uh, just a little bit over a year ago. And she came to me, she comes to me now, not as often as my dad, who passed 20 years ago and who was so ill in the dreams when he was struggling. And then he became this youthful person. This always happens to me when someone dies. They go back 20, 30 years. They look, they're healthy, they're happy, they're smiling. And he visits me. Now, my mother visited me recently. Tell us about what it's like, you know, when we, what is that? Is that a spiritual calling? Is that just us? We're, we're conjuring, you know, a meeting with them? Right. Well, what I, what I do is I look at dreams from a problem-solving psychological perspective. Mm-hmm. Now that I've said that, though, I will tell you that if I go on a business trip, I have a uh, four daughters. My eldest daughter passed away a couple of years ago, but oh, I sorry. I have, uh, but uh, thank you. Uh, but I'm a. Uh, uh, I have a very maternal side. I have two little granddaughters. I love the family, and I love being home with the family. But um, 
sometimes I go away on a business trip to speak or lecture or whatever, and so it's typical that my father, my late dad, might come and visit me before I leave on a business trip because he represents that male business side of myself, and I need to access him from a psychological perspective. I need to access that character trait, too, because that's how I'm going to get on the plane and leave the family, as opposed to me dreaming about my late mom, who is more represents my maternal side. But how do you and I know that my dad is not also really visiting me? He probably yeah. is. Yes, I, and, I'm a believer and, in and that. And I think we're multitasking. I, I mm-hmm. think I think all of it is going on simultaneously, and it just that I happen to be looking at the problem-solving psychological aspect of it, but I happen to be a spiritual person, and of course my dad visits me, and so does my mom. Yeah, yeah. are they youthful? Are they young in the dream? Like the way I've heard this from other people, too, when someone passes and then they go back, well, you see them as a much younger person, healthy and free, their spirit. Yeah, mo- yes, that's true. Uh for for the most part that's true. I remember even uh, the morning the morning my mother died, I had a dream about her and I came into the um hospital room and uh all the marks that she had, uh, the sores that she had on her back, they were all gone cuz she's sitting up in the bed and when I walk into the room, I'm looking at her back because she's sitting up in in the bed looking out the window, and I come from behind. And she looked like so, you know, her back was like perfectly clean. And uh, she said to me, oh, it's okay, Lainey, everything's okay. We're all moving in the same direction. (laughs) Oh, I love it. (laughs) And I thought that was just so great, because she was such a smart woman, my mother. And there she was telling me, it's okay, everything going to be okay. We're, we're, all, we're all moving in the same direction. I thought that was great. That's great. I love that. I love that. Well, what about psychic dreams? Sometimes I'll dream something and I kid you not, I'll turn on the Today Show when I'm, you know, having my tea in the morning and there's a concept of something I've dreamt about. It's in a, it's in a different form, but it's there. It's the same thing, right. whether I was under the palm trees and the you know, picking avocados, and they're, they're, I, I, I can't use the proper analogy this morning, but I've dreamt about so many things. I've also dreamt about um, premonitions, even from the time I was a kid, where someone uh, actually had passed. You know, I kept dreaming about them, dreaming about them when I was only nine years old. And, right. And uh, so yeah. I, I would say the same, uh, the same as the example of me dreaming about my dad. If you're looking for what event in your life triggers that dream, you will find it. And but I I do think that there are a lot of things going on simultaneously, and mm-hmm. um, and so we are using memories from the past, from the present, and sometimes from the future in order to solve a problem that's bothering you this week. I see. And so you can sort of tap into that energy is, and grab it. Yeah. But you're still using it to problem solve something that's going on this week. Right, right. So the point of entry is always something that triggered it in your life that day uh, that causes you to, it acts as a catalyst to have that dream. 
And then once I know from the dreamer who has answered my questions honestly, then we discover what the current issue is that triggered the dream. And we go back into the dream because I teach people what a solution looks like when it comes in the form of a metaphor. Mm-hmm. So if I, you know, so the uh, dream about Stephen climbing up that ladder, for example, mm-hmm. he wants to do a surface interpretation, which are the kind that my husband likes, because he doesn't want to go deep. He just wants to know why the heck he had that dream this morning. And mm-hmm. I think that's fine. I don't judge that. You don't all... You know, some people like to go deep, like myself, and some people just want to know why they had that dream. And so, you know, you can look at the dream to find out why, what incident triggered it, and you can stop there, or maybe like Stephen wanted to, he wanted to understand, but why do I not say no to people? Why am I always saying yes? Mm-hmm. And for that, you can use Freud's free association and look into your past to see what situations from your childhood make you feel in a similar way where you want to always be accommodating. Right, Even and you can't say no. Leaving yourself behind. Right. What, what right. about teeth falling out and, um, you know, some of the other uh, common ones or flying in your dreams? What, what, is, what do those two things mean? <clears throat> Well, they, they again. They are. They de- it depends on what the dreamer is experiencing that week in what specific situation. So one person will dream that their teeth are falling out because they have something to say and they need to come out with it, and the dream is giving them <laughs> a rehearsal to spit it out. And maybe somebody else is having a dream that their teeth are falling out because they're about to go through some kind of transition. Maybe they're turning. 30 or 40 or 60 or 70 and uh, the dream of the teeth falling out maybe it's representative of um, you know the time when we're 6 or 7 and all and everybody their teeth fall out and it's a transition and it's not anything that you have any control over whatsoever so maybe that's why you're dreaming about your teeth falling out or maybe you're worried about your appearance and so you're dreaming that your teeth are falling out because you're worried about how you look so that's why you can take a image like that it's all individual and it depends on what's going on in the life of the dreamer that week and how they are choosing to use that image. Yeah. Like I, I noticed over the years when I was losing, going through a great deal of loss of my eyesight, and I wasn't, uh, I hadn't graduated to the level of of acceptance that I'm at now, I would have these dreams where I was I was going against the tide, you know, murky water, you know, like just, and that dream would happen when I was at my lowest ebb. And and never happened again when I was, you know, sailing around and comfortable with, uh, you know, mobility training and just learning how to live as a person who had lost their eyesight. So it, right. it is, um, yeah, I, I mean, if you really pay attention to them. Yeah. yeah. And I have flown in my dreams as well as so many other people have. Is there a meaning there? Well, again, it's like I would use a feeling all entry for that probably. Right, yeah. right. right. And ask What's the person, the most well, one? were you flying and falling, and you didn't like the feeling, and it made you feel out of control and insecure, or are you flying and loving it? So it it depends on, you know, how the dreamer's feeling and what is their experience in the dream. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a fun thing to do. And and those, what's the name yeah. of, uh, you know, when you know you're dreaming? I used to have those, and I haven't been able to do it in years. Um, right. When you're that's, aware that's that you're called, dreaming? Yeah, that's called a lucid dream, and I'm a person yes. who uh, promotes lucidity, uh, whether it's in the dream or not. Because uh, if you understand why you had that dream last night, and you're using the the uh, images in the dream to help you problem solve, then you're making yourself lucid you're making yourself lucid. <laughs> okay. Right? Yeah. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. Well, tell us, because we're, we're winding down on time, about your most difficult um, dream. That, uh, could you share one that was difficult to solve? Um, I, I suppose, uh, I suppose um, my... Um, let's, uh, difficult to solve, you're saying? Yes, that it was that you had a hard time solving... Or, or maybe um, one with the most relevance, you know, well, maybe, I could, maybe your aha moment. Right. Well, um, I mean, I, I was brought up in a home with uh, European parents, and my dad uh, was the most wonderful person you could ever meet, but he had um, a temper. And so I learned to become, uh, you know, I couldn't look at him when I was six or seven and say, uh, excuse me, I don't really like how you're talking to me right now, because <laughs> that would have been mm-hmm. considered really disrespectful, and I would have landed up in my room. And so I learned to become... Um, under-exercised in speaking up and over-exercised in shutting up. And the reason why those kind of things that we learn as a child, which behaviors are more acceptable than others, the only problem with that kind of uh, happening is that life throws us so many different situations, and my job is to always be able to ask the dreamer, is your response appropriate to your current situation? Is the response appropriate? Because for me, there's no good or bad. There's no right or wrong. Is the response appropriate? And I had, um, you know, Andy and I had a fight. This is like 26 years ago. It's when I was uh, 40. And uh, he was yelling at me because he's also like my dad. The sweetest guy who would take the shirt off his back for you, but what a temper. And he was yelling at me, and I did not respond. I used my knee-jerk over-exercised part and said nothing, same as if I was seven and with my dad. And uh, that night, I went to sleep and dreamt about an aunt of mine who had already been dead for years and years, but using a symbol's point of entry, I asked myself, what what comes to my mind when I think about her? And I would say to you, even today, she had such a big mouth. She must be one of the most assertive people I ever met. And so... (laughs) Uh, so I needed to access that potential inside myself, that sleeping under-exercised part. And the following morning, I woke up and said to Andy, uh, I don't really like how you spoke to me last night. It, it makes me feel like I'm seven and I'm with my dad again. And I, I don't like it when you yell at me. It hurts my feelings. And now, so that was the first time I exercised that muscle about my voice. And, um, That's great. Yeah, and so the more you exercise, the same as working out in the gym. You use a muscle that you haven't used before, and it hurts at first. Mm -hmm. But if you keep exercising the muscle, you get more and more used to it. And here we are, 
26 years later, and I think it was somewhere around 20 years ago, that Andy stopped yelling at me. He never never raises his voice to me anymore. Because I've been exercising that muscle for 26 years. And today, I'm very, very comfortable. I mean, if he if he uh, raised his voice to me, I would tell him where to get off. So, <laughs> for you. Yeah. So you don't have that, that dream anymore. Yeah, and that, that's the point of dream analysis is that you want to take back all the parts of yourself because life throws you so many different situations and you want to be able to be present with the appropriate response. Yes, and we repress so much, you know. Yes, we do. Let, let's tell people about your website and a little bit more about your books before we close today. Uh, do you do webinars? And, um, again, the, the name of the book is Have a Great – two books, right? You, you, yeah, two books. They're both called Have a Great Dream, and my site mm-hmm. is com. That's where you can find me. And if you go to the site, you'll find out all the stuff that's going on there. I'm speaking at the Open Center in New York City on October 28th. That's coming up. And there's a link to sign up for the full-day workshop if you want to. And uh, just go to haveagreatdream.com. You'll see so many different things that you can find there. Great. And and, uh, do you do webinars? You know, when you're doing workshops, do you also do interactive webinars for people who are not in New York Uh, or other cities? Well, for for people who um, well, I do individual I do individual sessions with people on telephone and Skype. And great. If you great. can't afford to pay for the session and you want it for free, you can come on YouTube with me, and I do a, a dream analysis on online. But it but oh, then it shows up on YouTube. That's cool. Yeah, so you better be able to you better be comfortable revealing your dreams. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I think I played a few of them. They're very, yeah. very interesting. Yeah. Well, Lainey, it's been yeah. a true pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me, Kristen. Oh, my pleasure. And I hope you have a wonderful day. And thank you, everyone, for listening today. And as Lainey says, have a great dream. Write it down. I'm Kristen McDonald for Second Vision, and I hope you have a wonderful week ahead and a blessed day. Thanks for listening. <laughs>